Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life and you being a part of our life. And we are co-laborers together with Christ. You might be receiving and I might be the one giving, but at some point in time you will be the one giving and someone else will be the one receiving. And so that's how the gospel gets proclamated. That's how the church goes forward. That's how the bride of Christ grows larger is by me reaching you and you reaching someone else. I do want to thank you again for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of your life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I realize sometimes it might not be as fulfilling as you'd like. I listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes I run across a person I really like and then every now and then the podcasts are not as good. But I do want you to understand that all the podcasts are designed to be beneficial spiritually to your life and to my life. And so that's why I try to do them and try to help somebody else. And I want to deal with kind of a simple subject today. We won't be using the Bible much. There won't be a lot of turning, but I just want to talk to you for a little while on some tools that you need to study the Word of God, tools that you need to study the Word of God or tools needed to study, however you want to word it, because just as if a man was building a house, he would have a certain group of tools that he would use. Just as if a man was working on piping, he would have a certain group of tools that he uses. Just if a man was to work on a vehicle, he would have a certain group of tools that he needs. We, as Christians and as students of the Word of God, need a certain group of tools to be able to get everything that the Bible has for us. Now, I do believe that you can just take the Bible and read it, and you will grow, and God will bless you, and you'll be helped. But if you really want to study the Word of God, you need to get some tools. Now, a lot of these tools, a lot of these tools don't cost you hardly anything, but they need to be used in conjunction with with a good, solid Christian life. And the first tool that you need to study is prayer. You need prayer to be able to study. You need to be able to commune with God and God commune with you. You understand that if if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside. And that spirit, according to Jesus Christ, will lead and guide you into all truth. And as you read the Word of God, the Word of God is a divine book that will come alive through God. But in order for it to come alive, you need to pray and ask God to help you to understand it. You need to pray and ask God to help you to apply it to your life. Now, you do need to make some choices on your own and break your own will and conform to the Word of God instead of, as we dealt with a couple weeks ago, the flesh and the spirit. You need to be spiritual in your life to be able to glean from the Word of God. But you do need to make prayer an important part of your study of the Word of God. And then another tool you're going to need to study the Word of God is going to be time. You're going to need to set some time apart. And you say, well, this is awful simple. Yeah, it's awful simple. But unfortunately, if you don't carve out a slot of time to read the Word of God, you won't read the Word of God. You'll never, you will never get everything done in life. I, right now, as I'm recording this podcast, 
probably have 30 things that I need to do around the house. One of them is some repair that needs to be done on one of the vehicles, which I'm going to work on shortly after I finish this. I decided to do that after I finished the podcast because I wanted to be in the spirit while I did the podcast instead of in the flesh. But you do need to carve out some time to be able to study the Word. And that means very simply that you need to say, hey, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to read my Bible. Hey, when I get home from work, I'm going to carve out 10, 20, 30 minutes, and I'm going to read the Bible. Before I go to bed, I'm going to read the Bible. But you need to have some time. And as you take that time slot, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours, whatever it is, don't rush through the Word of God. Don't try to read 10 chapters just so you can say you've read 10 chapters. It'd be better to read one chapter and understand it and glean something from it and get something for your spiritual life than it would to be able to read 10 chapters and not get anything at all. So you don't want to rush as you read the Bible. And you want to make sure that you read every word in the Bible, every word. Every one of those words is divinely inspired. God did not give us everything that he knows or that happened to Jesus while he was here on the earth, but he gave us the most important things, and he gave us detailed descriptions of the important parts that he knew that we would need. And so you need to read every every word. For example, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It Just that word so adds so much to it, for God so loved the world. It Just imagine it without the so, for God loved the world. But it's for God so loved the world. That little two-letter word adds so much more to it. And if you're not careful... As you read the Word of God, you'll blow past those little meanings and those little parts of the Word of God that add so much more meaning to the verse and to the chapter and to the book because every word in the Word of God is important. So you need some time. You need some time to be able to study the Word of God. And then you're going to need to learn to meditate. Meditate. Meditation. It's important. And by that, I don't mean yoga. I don't mean clearing your mind. I'm, I'm talking about spiritual meditation upon the Word of God. And what I mean by that, I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast, but a good little plug here for my own podcast. If you go back and you listen to that podcast on the woman that I did, it that part about Adam actually being put to sleep and then waking up and God presenting Eve to him. I got that through meditation. And a lot of those parts of the Word of God, if you meditate on them, you can understand that, hey, this story actually has more to it. This story actually has more in there. There's there This part of the story had to have happened. But you can only do that through meditating and thinking on the Word of God, because it's a tool needed to study. Now, the first three that I've mentioned, do you know what you've spent on them? You've spent absolutely nothing. It's not cost you financially anything to be able to pray. It's not cost you financially anything to be able to carve out a slot of time to read the Word of God. And then it doesn't cost you anything to meditate on the Word of God or meditation. And so it's not that you have to have a big library to be able to study the Word of God. I think that's important to have a library. But it's more important that you take the Word of God and actually try to get something from it because it was divinely inspired and given to you for your spiritual growth and your benefit. And then I would recommend 
that you get a concordance, a concordance. And there's three concordances that are, that are good. I believe they're relevant. I believe they're useful. And if you have one of these already, I'd recommend you just stick with it. If not, I would recommend you get one. Uh, one of them is called the Strong's. One of them is called the Young's. And the other one is called the Crudens. And so you need to get one of those concordances because as you read or as you study the Word of God, you're going to say, hey, where was that verse at? And unless you know the whole Bible by heart, it's going to be hard to find that verse. But with your concordance, you could very simply say, for instance, say I'm looking for the word, trying to look up, be fruitful. You know, I'd, I don't know where all those verses are on being fruitful. So I could pull out my concordance and I could look up the word fruitful and it would give me every place that the word fruitful is used. And it's a tool to be able to use to quicken your study because you can not, especially as a young Christian, I understand some people have been saved a lot longer. Some people have a better memory. Some people are very studious and they can remember where all the verses are. But as a young Christian or a young preacher or a young student of the Word of God, a good concordance will save you a ton of time and will be able to add a ton of meat from the Word of God to your message. But I will say this with concordances. You need to be careful about studying all the words, especially as you get the definition for the Word, and then there's 10 more definitions, and then it cross-reference to another definition. Those definitions are good. But understand that I personally believe a good dictionary will give you a better definition of the word because the dictionary is going to define the English word. And I'm not trying to grind axes there. I'm not trying to cause a problem. I'm just letting you know to be able to find verses, a concordance is a great tool. And a lot of these can be picked up for little to nothing off of a, a Goodwill shelf, a Salvation Army shelf. You can order some of them off the internet. I mean, I'd say for 20 to $25, and I know that that is some money, but it's not the total end-of-the-world money, you could get you a good concordance to be able to look up these verses. I would also recommend that a tool good for studies is computer programs. And I don't mean that all computer programs are great. One of my favorite tools for studying the Word of God is listening to the Bible online. And there is a great, I mean great, dramatized Bible app. I don't know what kind of phone you use. I personally use the iPhone. And I'm not saying that this is the best Bible app there is, but it's called Dramatized Bible. And each character has a different voice, and they play some music in the background. And it just, it's really, it's really enlightening to listen to the Word of God in that way. So if you have a phone which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some sort of access to the internet, point taken. And if you could find that dramatized Bible, that's really a good tool to be able to listen to the Bible when you don't have time to read the Bible. For instance, you're, say you're, you're going for a run, you can pop in your dramatized Bible, you're driving to work, you could pop in your dramatized Bible, you're sitting at work, you could pop in your dramatized Bible, you're laying in bed at night, and you can't necessarily, maybe you're not going to go to sleep instantly and you're laying there, well, turn your dramatized Bible on and listen to it. It's a, it's a great computer program or an online tool that is, that, is, that is very good, and it's just a very good um, read book 
uh, the way that they do it. They put a lot of time into it. So I would, I would look into computer programs. I'd be very careful. I think online Bible's a good one. But I'd be very careful about getting into too much reading that's outside of the Word of God. And then the next tool that you're going to need for, um, to study the Word of God is going to be a good dictionary. Now, a lot of people are going to say, you got to have the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. That's the best and the only one. And I do believe that's a good dictionary, and you can get that downloaded on your phone, and or you could buy one for little to nothing. But really, any older dictionary is going to be a good dictionary. I use Google sometimes to look up words, and um, it gives you a good definition of the word. For instance, it's very simple. The book of Corinthians uses the word sacrilege. And I didn't know what the word sacrilege meant as a young Christian. I actually looked it up, and it means a temple robber. And if you don't know what sacrilege means, then the verse might not make as much sense to it. But if you know how to look at the word, you can look at the word sacrilege and go, oh, that's a temple robber. It really enlightens you as you study the word of God. And it it helps to be able to take just a second and look that word up and get the definition of it. Another good thing that's a good tool to have is maps. A lot of Bibles have some maps in the back. You could probably see some of those on the Internet. Um, The way that the children of Israel wandered around, that's a good little map study there. You can see where they went and some of the things they dealt with during those times. You can study up the culture and the environment that they were in. That's a good – those are good tools. Um, With a study of maps, you'll learn the – You'll learn that there's actually five different Jerichos, and a lot of those places are are um, uh, the name runs the same. And so you think, well, it's talking about this, but actually it's talking about another one. You know, Dan being the most, I think it's northern northern place, and then um, Beersheba being the most southern place. Those are good things to know, and you're only going to know those by looking at a map. The next thing would be manners and customs. That's a great tool to use because we live in a in we live in a western society here in the United States and the Bible is written in an eastern culture so a Jewish customs is a great thing to study there's a lot of books written on that you can learn a lot from manners and customs books and they're they're relatively inexpensive but they're also very helpful i remember one of the things i learned in Luke 4 when Jesus is at Nazareth and he he gets up and he reads the prophet Isaiah and then he sets down and the Bible says that everybody's eyes were fastened upon him and then they took him out and they were going to throw him off the hill. And I know I'm paraphrasing this, but you should know the story if you don't. I think it's Luke 4. Well, the reason that all the eyes were fastened on him, and I learned this from Manners and Custom, is that there was a, a chair inside the temple that only the Messiah was supposed to sit in. And Jesus sat down in that chair when he said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ear. And if you don't have an understanding of that, you really have a problem understanding the context because it looks like they got mad at him just for reading the scriptures and then sitting down, but he actually sat down in the chair that was designed for the Messiah. So archaeology is going to be another thing. And a lot of this is is free to study online. It's not hard. Um, I remember when I was going through the book of Daniel, I learned that a lot of those stones from the, the great city of Babylon was used at Saddam Hussein when he built 
um, his palaces. He would go down there and get those stones and use them to build his palaces. And you say, wow, that's, that's amazing. Well, what's amazing is how the, how the Bible is so supported by so many different things as far as archaeology. They can, they can dig up stuff. And I mean, here the Bible talks about a great kingdom and, and Nebuchadnezzar being over it there in Babylon. And you know what? Over there, there's a giant leftover ruined city called Babylon that they still go down there and get the giant stones from today and build stuff with. So, But you only learn that in archaeology. One of the greatest things that's proven, biblically speaking, is the flood, and you learn that through archaeology. The fact that Jericho's walls are all piled up on top of each other, they didn't fall left or right or front or back, they actually fell straight down. Archaeology can prove that. And so those are valuable things that might not strengthen your faith, but they will support your studies as you look at those things. And it's a tool that's needed for study. Next would be science. I would use science. And the Bible proves scientific facts over and over and over again. And I'm probably a little weaker in this area than a lot of Christians, but it's very simple. As for instance, the Psalms talks about the ocean being full of mountains. Well, they didn't know that for years until they went and got to scuba diving around in the ocean and found out, hey, it's not all flat down here. There's giant mountains down here. And the Bible talks about those scientific facts that are proven over and over again. They were written down and proven before man discovered them. And so that just supports my Bible that much the more as it being a divine-inspired book. And going on to that, if you have the resources, if you have the money, a good Bible is always needed. I would always recommend to any student of the Word of God that they stick with the same Bible because you learn that, hey, this statement is on the lower left-hand side of the page, and you're able to find it that way a lot of times. And if you have the money, investing in a good Bible is a valuable tool needed to study. I'd get one that's sturdy. I'd get one that's well-built, and I'd get one that was easy to read. I don't need no little bitty words. I'd rather have a Bible that might be just a touch big as you carry it, but it's easy to read, as opposed to having a little bitty Bible that's hard to read. And as I get older, I've noticed my eyes are not quite as strong as they used to be. So get you a good Bible if you have the financial resources. If you don't, use the Bible you have until God blesses you with a way to get another one. But a good Bible is a great tool that's needed to study. I'd make sure I had a nice pen. If you can't afford a nice pen, a cheap pen will work. But you're going to need that to study the Word of God because you're going to want to write some stuff down and be able to keep some notes. And that being said, you're going to need a notebook. If you have the resources to get a good, solid notebook that you can write notes in, that's great. If you're a... If you're a student of the Word of God or a teacher of the Word of God or a person who studies the Word of God, writing down things in notebooks is a great way to keep up with it. For instance, if you do a study on sanctification, write down all the verses you get in your notebook on sanctification. So as you go back and you want to refresh up on sanctification, you just pull your notebook out and you look and say, okay, here's all my verses on sanctification. And it'll save you time and it'll also help it to get in your heart. And the last thing I'd like to touch on as we talk about tools needed to study is commentaries, commentaries. Now, I would just put a big question mark there under commentaries and say commentaries are really expensive. 
And you say, are you against commentaries? Nope, I'm not against them at all. But I am against somebody spending several hundred dollars on a set of commentaries that looks good on a shelf, and they don't ever read them, and they can't understand them. A lot of those commentators, they use words that would take a college-educated man with a college with a college dictionary to look up and understand what they're saying, especially some of the older ones. And so the first thing I'd like to say about a commentary is that it's expensive. You're going to spend some money on one. The second thing I'd like to say about a commentary is it is a man's opinion when it comes down to it. A man wrote the commentary, not God. And so you need to realize as you study those commentaries that that's a man's opinion. That's one thing I love about commentaries. When you're really struggling with a verse, they'll usually skip it. They'll give you a commentary on verses 1 through 4. They'll skip 5 through 9, and then they'll give you 11 through 21. And the verses that we need help with are 5 through 9, but they didn't write anything on them because they didn't even understand what it was saying. One thing is you study the Word of God, and I don't want to get off um, off the trail here and uh, stretch his podcast out anymore, but Daniel said it best when he said this. He said, I saw and I understood not. And there's going to be times and there's going to be places in the Word of God where you don't understand it. You say, Brother Jason, is there times when you don't understand what the Word of God's saying? Absolutely there's times. I don't have the corner on all this, and I don't have an understanding on everything. I do believe I'm pretty sound as far as my doctrine, and that's another thing about commentaries is a lot of times they'll lean against sound doctrine, and I don't like that one bit. I I never like commentaries when they start talking about anything Calvinistic, I don't like commentaries when they start talking about Jesus and God. We're not the same person because they are. I don't like commentaries when they start leaning against um, anything that puts the worship of God um, below below and somebody else worshiping a man. For instance, Mariology, I do not like that at all. So they lean against sound doctrine. They're also hard to read. They really are. Some of the words and some of the wordings is very hard to understand. But I would say this, after you've studied out the passage of Scripture, after you've exhausted it with all of your, with all of the tools that I've listed so far, and you've meditated on it, and you've prayed over it, and you've written notes in your notebook, maybe after you're, you've done your own studies, and if you're financially able to be able to afford a good set of commentaries, I might pull them out and take a look at just what somebody else says and see if it lines up with what you're getting from your studies. And I'd also, if I was a preacher, I would use them to add small amounts to my messages, especially illustrations, or this is what a commentary says. But I'd give the man credit for it. I wouldn't use it as my own study. I would say, this is what I read in a commentary. And I'd say this about commentaries. You should have a solid understanding of the Scriptures before even opening a commentary, because the Word of God's alive, and it's able to be studied all by itself. It was given to us uh, by a divine creator who loved us and cared about us and wanted us to have a book that described everything he wanted us to know about him. And so I hope that was a blessing and a benefit to you. You're going to need some tools to study the Word of God, but they're not going to cost you tons of money. The main thing is just set apart some time open up the Word of God and say, God, what do you have for me today out of your Word?